Hello, Probers. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to another episode of But It Was Aliens. Arriba. The extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by two former MIBs. Your host today is myself, Moonwalker, and opposite me is the vanilla latte loving mofo himself, Ooh. Captain Jism, aka Greybeard. Why is it when I'm drinking a rum, you tempt me with vanilla lattes? I bet if I was drinking a vanilla latte, you'd have been like the rum loving bastard. Would I do such a thing? Yes. Yes, I would. This week, we travel back. Way back. Okay, maybe not way back, but way back. (laughs) (laughs) 1988. Can I ask a question, please? You may. What's the difference between way back and way back? The amount of years. How many? Like way back. That's not a number of years. It's a long time away. Way back. I can see that that I'm not going to get any logic (laughs) here. (laughs) A while ago, then. 1988, to be exact. Well, if you were being exact, you'd have given me the date in March. We're going to be (laughs) taking a trip along Route 61. Also known as the Blues Highway. Due to its long history within blues music. But let me stop you just there. Greybulls, this probe has fuck all to do with the blues. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you telling me that? I was starting to think of like blues related things in my head, like uh, saxophone jokes and... I don't know. There'll be no howling in the moonlight here, buddy. Oh! Well, technically there's a chance there may have been, because on this particular day... March 20th for John Salter Jr. and his son John Salter III. They were on their way to John Jr.'s first speaking engagement of his tour of the southern states. Now, John Salter Jr. isn't your average John. Honourable John? He was a professor at the University of North Dakota. There we go. Honourable John. There's a picture for you there as well. Smart, intelligent, Honourable John. Exactly. Okay, I'll check that out. I'd just like to ask, because you've given me John Jr. and John the Third. Mm-hmm. Is there an original John? There is. Are we going to meet him? No. So these so it's could not have the come three from... Johns. That's disappointing, and now I'm querying as to whether they've come from a pure John bloodline or a dirty John bloodline. You'll find out. Okay, I'm going to check this picture. That's, uh, uh, that shirt has got a lot going on with it. That's a purpley, pinky, red, kind of <coughs> zigzaggy diamond pyramid shirt. I, oh, uh, it's, it's like someone was trying to make a long-sleeved t-shirt in the Aztec style and didn't know what colours to use, so they used them all. <laughs> The face, he's grimacing almost, like he's um, just taken a finger in the butthole and he wasn't expecting it and it's the first thing that's ever gone up there. And he's like, but he's not disappointed about it. He's intrigued. That's got to be a toupee as well on his head, isn't it? It's quite a dark toupee-esque. Who knows? Could be his real hair. That is never real hair. (laughs) 
He I looks, said that uh, wait, 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 one more thing. What's that around? Is that a badge or a necklace? He's you know got some sort of giant medallion. Old kind of weird necktie thingy clasp things they used to Okay, have. it's like a clasp. Yeah. Where they have the giant thing and then it's... I don't know what the hell they were or why they wore them. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a man's way of wearing a necklace without wearing a necklace. So whilst this man is full of intelligence, he's not full of fashion sense, it would appear. Now, I told you that this wasn't your average, John. You did? He received his bachelor's and master's degrees in sociology. He participated in street demonstrations and sit-ins with social activist Medgar Evers to fight racism and segregation. Good man. And he also took part in the first legal civil rights demonstration with Martin Luther King. Awesome. It's unknown if he knew King personally or was just part of the demonstration. This better be legit and you'd not like pull it out for me at the end and say, that was all bullshit. Nope, because below Cool, this is I an honourable man. Picture of you a picture of you. I can see <laughs> me, there I am. Him in the sitting. Okay, so which one is he? So the one nearest to you, bottom left. That's him? With the white powder on the top of his head. What is the white powder? That was going to be my... So condiments. So in the sit-in. Oh, he's not the only one. Okay. No, people were They're, having... Are they doing tequila shots off people's heads? Like snorting the snorting the line? That's not how you do a tequila shot. <laughs> no, those are racists pouring condiments oh, and hell. shit on people. Hey, bastard. Wow. That's not what I was going with, is it? My gosh, what an awful world we live in. But good on him for standing up and demonstrating with this shit. Wow. So, on top of that, he was the first person to receive the Martin Luther King Jr. Award and was a coordinator of MUFON for the North Dakota chapter. One former student says that he has sat in on several of John's classes on his experience and remarks that John is one of the reasons he got into teaching, citing him as a remarkable storyteller and that he always stood for people in the margins. Good honourable man. So what we currently have here, Probers, is a real-life honourable John. He wasn't born under a bad sign. What do you mean, a bad sign? So, great (laughs) hits. Is this aliens? Well, I... Mm, I feel like you've not really given me the actual story here. I've given you a real-life honourable John. Do you know what? I feel like, because I made such a thing of telling you people were honourable and trustworthy when they really weren't, that we've now gone completely the other way and we only use it when someone's really, really honourable and trustworthy. I hope you're breaking that chain and going back to the old ways, but not for this case. (laughs) Because this is a John. And I'm borderline going to vouch for this, John, because he's standing up for some real important things here. I'd just like to also touch upon the fact that you say that his former student sat in on classes on his experience. His life experiences, yeah. Okay, so that wasn't like an alien abduction experience. Okay, this John is honourable. I can't say it's aliens because you haven't told me what's happened yet, but good man so far. I mean, you can say it's aliens. I mean, it's an honourable John, so anything that I say, you would vouch for him, would you not? Well, I'd like to know a little bit more to see if he's a real John. He could have changed his name. If he changes his (laughs) name later on. Now that we have 
a teeny tiny bit of background of the Honourable John, let's probe deeper. Like I said earlier, John Jr. and John III were driving down Blues Highway. They were in John Jr.'s pickup truck when he drove them off of their scheduled route. After about an hour and a half later, they noticed they were going in the opposite direction. Why did they only notice about an hour and a half later? This was double amnesia. Pokemon son. <laughs> Gengar used double amnesia. Charizard forgot all its moves. Oh. And you've given me a... That's an awesome picture. It is, isn't that, it? You've literally stuck on there just because it's awesome, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. Mr. Moonwalker has shown me like a... How would you even describe that? A mock-up of Gengar, almost in the style of Slimer from Ghostbusters mixed... No, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like just awesome. Real-life Gengar. Real-life-esque, yeah. Real-life with a slight element of caricature. But even so, that's awesome. Oh, what was I going to say? Only honourable and trustworthy people drive pickup trucks. Also, Gengar is the best Pokemon ever. I still like Mimikyu, but Gengar is definitely up there. After 90 minutes, when the move finally wore off, John Jr. <laughs> John Jr. explains that he could see the headlights of his pickup clearly on the highway, the sound of the engine as well as the tyres. Then he realises they're heading towards Madison. This isn't right, so he asks the third to check the map. Both have no idea how or why they are heading in the wrong direction. What they decided to do, as it was now getting dark, was to stop. They found a restaurant slash hotel, and they say that there were several police officers and men wearing FBI hats who looked as if they'd been searching for something. What? The third describes that he felt guilty, although he knew they hadn't done anything wrong. They discuss that they don't know what's going on, as to them, it's impossible that they can't both remember anything. Then John Jr. remarks. This could be witchcraft. He sounds like Napoleon Dynamite's brother. <laughs> How many times did you watch this? At least seven. <laughs> uh, what did he say? It could be witchcraft. I believe if this, if this was Navajo country, it could be witchcraft. But it's the way he looks up at the sky and grabs the briefcase after. I believe it could be witchcraft. He's got a lovely voice, Cranville. <laughs> He's got such a lovely voice, and I believe it could be witchcraft. <sighs> I feel like it needs a sound effect as he lifts the suitcase up. Oh, it really did. Wait, what was this video anyway? So this was a reenactment of their account. What was it on? Um, CBS, I think. Okay. I believe it could be witchcraft. 
That doesn't sound like the most logical... Wait, who came up with that idea? John Jr. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're both Johns, remember? Yeah, well, it's very confusing when... When They're you speak in a voice like that. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have a stiff drink. I mean, my mind was slightly blown by the voice, and <laughs> I can't really remember any details of what you've just told me. <laughs> I believe it could be witchcraft. So they've got amnesia. Double amnesia. Uh, I'll be honest, son. I feel like I've got amnesia right now. <laughs> All I can remember is the witchcraft line and the suitcase. Why did I feel guilty? Exactly. They don't know. That we're just driving and then they take a long time to realise they're going in the wrong direction. About an hour and a half. So very intelligent people, not blessed with fashion sense or a sense of direction, clearly. But that's okay, because intelligence works in different ways. You wouldn't judge I mean, a fish on its ability to climb a tree. Exactly. And this gentleman is tuned in to witchcraft. He believes it could be witchcraft. He's protected. He, he's going to stop that witchcraft from happening to him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. The next morning, they leave and head towards their original location. I'm going to head towards my original location. This is when they notice a light heading towards them from above. The, the witch. John III describes it as a glittering light, whilst John Jr. explains that it was enveloped in an energy field. It hovers in front of them for maybe 20 to 30 odd seconds. They pull over and observe as it flies away. John Jr. says to his son, Do you remember Betty and Barney Hill? Oh. Yeah. Well, they were a real responsible couple who were picked up and they didn't even know it. Oh, they knew it. The acting when that line is said is unbelievable. I believe it could be witchcraft. It's almost as good as that. I don't think you're ever going to top that for fine acting. I feel like an Oscar should have been awarded for that line, in fact. Should have. An honourable Oscar. Okay, I can see you've got a picture here for me a real life picture (laughs) of the craft that they saw real life picture so that looks to be a photo of a mountain range yes with are you arguing are you arguing that the mountains aren't real can i just finish so in front of the mountains slapped on top of the mountains in fact appears to be the depiction of a ufo as created by a seven-year-old child on microsoft paint it's it's a real (laughs) the top bit has a haggard line that connects to the middle part of the dish it's literally they They've coloured it in and not gone between the lines. I don't understand why you get so negative every time I bring you facts. I'm not negative about the story. I'm negative about the The drawing of the UFO. I'm quite into witchcraft. I just can't get on board with this picture is all. I make no judgment as to the case. I'm assuming that the people didn't make the... The Honourable Johns didn't make this picture themselves. No, not that I'm aware of. I just call into question the validity of this one photo, sir. Why? It's real. <laughs> it's got a shadow. Where's the shadow? Oh my god, I didn't even notice the shadow. <laughs> They've slapped a shadow on the bottom that completely... This... <laughs> it's the shadow 
starts on the mountain range and goes across this picture into the sky itself. There is a shadow in the sky, not on the floor, literally in the sky. <laughs> All right, you've changed my mind. This is a valid photo. I knew it. My gosh. <laughs> Fine work, sir. To the Salters, predominantly John Jr., this sighting was connected to their missing time. John Jr. says that he saw this as a friendly kind of appearance, some sort of goodbye. Which makes me wonder what the hello was. Once at their next hotel, John III says to his dad that he thinks something weird happened to them, in which his dad agrees, before John III remarks that although it's strange, he wants them to visit them again. They gave him a good time, baby. They were still not at their destination. So on the way, they tried to search their memories to figure out what happened to their missing time. Please don't get hypnosis, please don't get hypnosis. Whilst driving, they started to have flashbacks and periods of the missing time started to come back to them. They didn't need the hypnosis. What had happened is that they'd stopped. The same craft was hovering in front of them and towards the car walked what John Jr. described as what he thought were children. Ooh. They got on the bumper of the car and were peering in. What? I don't know why, but they get out of the car. The humanoid children continued to examine the truck whilst John Jr and John III stared at the craft. Out of the shadows stepped a larger figure. Daddy! Half human, half, half dad. humanoid. <laughs> this being is described as being six foot tall, and John explains that he, had that a he real felt dad presence. a strong bond with this larger being, and they were led away from their truck. John Jr. says that he believes that this was a friendly visit rather than a hostile one. Because at one point, he tripped. Instead of hitting the ground, he was stopped with what he believes was a telekinetic psychic force. Telekinetic aliens. I'm in. I see nothing in this that makes me question anything. Why did he assume they were children? I mean, I acknowledge the fact that we've had a six foot one come out, but height could be completely different. These could be Benjamin Buttons. They could be born big and get smaller as they get older and wiser. It's quite possible. He's probably just going off we of what he knows to be the size of yeah, a child. We shouldn't be applying our earth laws to that which we have no understanding of. But you're not immediately going to apply space laws, are you? alien laws well, you're going to go with what you know i would respectfully argue that you shouldn't make any assumptions either way but your brain is naturally going to go to what it goes to figures it's, well you got to put an age on them it's going to look figures towards what it knows i believe this could be witchcraft i'm starting to turn into a president saying that <laughs> i believe i believe this could be witchcraft You've, you've turned slightly into a farmer <laughs> witchcraft i believe this could be witchcraft we will stop the witches. Well, I believe. I don't even know what that was. I believe, Kevin. Yes. That it could quite possibly be witchcraft. I believe that I am level three in witches. Hongity boogity. 
<laughs> your heart pops out of your chest. Three point five. So John Salter Jr. and John Salter III were led into a room with curved walls. Were they furry? And were placed into a chair. They were aware of what was going on, but they could do nothing about it. John III explains that he wasn't strapped down, he was just immobilised. John Jr. claims that after a tertiary examination, a small implant was placed up his right nostril. Oh, that's grim. And an injection was placed into his neck. Thank God. And another into his upper chest. There are worse places you could get an injection, I'm just saying. John Jr. believes that these were all related to three glands within the body that regulated growth, metabolism, and immunity. The pituitary gland, the thyroid, and the thymus gland. After the injections, John Jr. felt a sense of bonding with the aliens. He even says that during the whole event, he felt it was a very pleasant experience and that he felt it was a friendly experience. Oh, man. This guy is supposed to be intelligent, right? He's clearly aware that he's just been drugged, but he doesn't recognise it. He's had injections in free places and he's like, I really enjoyed it. I had a sense of bonding. He doesn't click that he's being manipulated and drugged to mess around with and fiddle with. Not by aliens. Yeah. He's just naive. Oh, they're my friends, yeah. Did he enjoy getting injections? Quite possibly. That's dirty. Like, who enjoys that? Uh, depends. I quite enjoy getting a tattoo. You dirty. <laughs> You're so dirty. As they were led back towards their truck, John Jr. felt an overwhelming sense of sadness that they were leaving their friendly probers and this is when he heard the message. We will all see each other again in another place and time. Several weeks later, John Jr. started to notice changes to himself after this pleasant encounter. For example, his fingernails, which he trimmed once every three weeks, now had to be trimmed once a week. <laughs> his hair began growing more rapidly. His, Evidence! His eyebrows were starting to become thicker and his facial wrinkles began to disappear. Ooh, Benjamin Button! He developed a very strong need for protein. Oh, is this you? And had a craving for green peas. Not you. Ho, ho, ho. John Jr. also smoked around a pound of tobacco a week. But in the middle of May, he found himself stood in his office and it dawned on him he hadn't smoked for 24 hours. 24 whole hours. He's clean. 24 years I've been living next door to Alice. Alice? Who the fuck is Alice? I have no idea why that came into my head. Yeah. Since then, he hasn't smoked since. Told you. Colleen. And hasn't suffered a physical or psychological twinge. What's a psychological twinge? 
probably cravings. Craving the poon. The backy. John III, who had very little body hair. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> How do you know that? Because <laughs> he mentions photos. <laughs> he says so himself. All right, all right. John III, who has very little body hair, <laughs> now started to find it growing all over his body. So he hit puberty. Look. The aliens injected him and made him hit puberty. As <laughs> as I said earlier. Yes. Shit is real. And they got injected into places that were around immunity. Right. Growth. Mm-hmm. And metabolism. So pretty much they got boosters. They got alien boosters, son. You quite like protein, don't you? I love protein, son. Give me protein. You know that time when I like you... protein. <laughs> I like protein too. Protein. Protein. <laughs> you, you know protein. that time you were in the taxi and you were sure there was someone with you, but there wasn't. Oh, the time I saw a ghost. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't a ghost. Maybe that was something else that injected you. <laughs> and now I have you... cravings for protein. I mean, back then, you used to have short hair and no beard. Think about it. It's quite true. And now you've got lengthy hair. I was also hair. quite scrawny. Yeah. But now you love protein. You've got a beard and you've got long hair. I do like peas. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I think we might have just tapped onto something there. <laughs> Did I get visited by the same creatures? That the Honourable John's got visited by. Ooh. Are you John the Fourth? Is this your bloodline? Am I the real John? Original John. So to summarise... Whoa! We're summarising already? Summarising already. But we don't know... (laughs) (laughs) There's no, like, follow-on from this. He's just like... I just told you, Dev, he's now got a taste for protein. What happened when he got the injections? He stopped smoking. But... They got let out. How did he have such a pleasant encounter? With anything else inserted? Not that we're aware of. Did they put any implants in him? What? You're just moving on so quickly. So to summarise, we have John Jr. Who was travelling to the first destination on his speaking tour with his son, John III. When for no reason at all, they take a detour. Over an hour later, they come round and find they're travelling in the wrong direction. They stop at a hotel, motel, holiday inn. I was going to say that. (laughs) And see a bunch of police and FBI. They leave the next morning and are greeted by a UFO en route to their next hotel. The UFO didn't stay long and John Jr. thinks it's a goodbye. As they continue on, they try to rack their brains about the missing time and pieces start coming back to them. Within their restored memories, they were stopped by the UFO and surrounded by small grey aliens who seem quite inquisitive, before a six-foot grey appeared and led them all off like the Pied Piper. They went onto the ship and into a curved-shaped room. Both Johns were placed in a chair and couldn't move. However, they weren't strapped down. They were then injected in three places, connected with glands in the body, and then were led out of the craft and back to their truck. As they were, John Jr. became very sad 
and he was given a message that they would meet again in a different time and place. Right. Slight question. Is it slight or is it a question? It's slight. So it's a question. (laughs) Very confused by that response. Anywho, if you were spending the evening with someone... That sounds more like a question than a slight question. And you had a nice time and you said goodbye at the end of the night... Does that not count as a goodbye? And would you then need to turn up the next day and just stand there in the distance? Is that how you say goodbye? Because that's basically what these people are indicating, isn't it? They saw the UFO the next day and that was the UFO or the alien saying goodbye. That not a little bit overkill? What if the aliens were like, oh, we're going to go pick up someone else now? And then they got to the van and they were like, shit, it's them again. <laughs> we better leave. We've already done these guys. <laughs> and then they leave. And they've just misinterpreted it as goodbye. Yeah. And they were like, fuck it, we're out of here. That to me is more believable, yeah. I think it's very unusual to assume that just because you've seen something, that's a goodbye. Mm-hmm. So you've summarised here. I have. Do we have any evidence? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, glorious. Aliens. Is there anything you're going to drop on me after we conclude? So, like, he was already doing talks. What was he doing the talks on before this happened? Because I'm assuming he went off and started doing UFO talks. So he was a UFO, not a UFO. He was a university teacher. Hmm. And he studied, um, oh, what was it? Native American and stuff like that. He was adopted as a Who? child. Oh, okay. And I think originally he was Native American. And he took his father's name. Or his adopted father's so name. So he wasn't a real and John. And there was another <gasps> point where he changed his name back you to something. Ass. And I can't remember what it was. Was it Granville? No. He changed his name to John Hunter Gray. <laughs> He he's a grey. And then John the Grey. <laughs> he changed his <laughs> this name. This is aliens. Again. Yeah. Simply to Hunter Grey. Okay, it's not aliens. Now did he change it to Hunt a Grey or Hunter Grey? Yeah. I mean that's changed my conclusion on this one, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so you're saying it was aliens? No. What you're saying, Kevin the Grey, is this an honourable John or is it a dishonourable John. So, I was legitimately willing to say that this was <laughs> aliens because he was a John. But you've told me he's changed his name to Hunter, so I'm taking that back. But I'm he's... not saying that it was aliens. <laughs> and I swear to God, I was going to. <laughs> I was literally going to. Because this is highly convincing. It's full of provable evidence. There's no argument. In researching this case, mm-hmm. and... Finding out everything about the man. You fell in love. I was very much leaning or very much thinking. Leaning towards an erection. How hard you were. Can I argue that this isn't aliens? Like, yep. he's such an honourable yeah. stand-up guy. And I was With like... a lovely voice. He's not going to lie about this shit. What? But then... We have the students say that he's a very good storyteller. Mm. And then I was yeah. thinking, 
But would he make up a story if it has an end goal to teach people things? Good call. And then I thought, yeah, he possibly could. And for that reason alone, until I started watching the YouTube video. I might go and watch that. And then I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. So non-nefarious bullshit. Yes. With the right intentions. I think Which teachers often tell stories to teach you things. That's I think that's fine, exactly yeah. what it was. He created a story to teach as a teaching tool. Mm. In the CBS documentary or whatever that documentary was, yeah. they do have little spliced interviews with him and his son. Mm-hmm. So the real John Salter and the real John the Third are yeah. in it. Uh, okay. So, as always, thank you for joining us this week on this crazy trip. You can find us on Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. We're on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. ACB! And our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers. You can find us on Twitter at But It Was Aliens and on Patreon at But It Was Aliens. I have been Moonwalker, he has been Greybeard, and we are But It Was Aliens. The truth is up there. Hash. Tag. Probe. Probe.